Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. This is your host, Paul Metzer. We have a great new show and a great guest on tonight. A man who uh, I've been privileged to know for almost 40 years. Cray McCauley is a poet, essayist, and cultural historian now living in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Originally from Rochester, Minnesota, he earned his graduate degrees from the University of Minnesota in History and American Studies and a Master in Liberal Studies from Metropolitan State University in St. Paul, Minnesota. His book that we'll be talking about, American Twilight, is his second collection of poems to be published. His first, Weapons of Illusion, was published in 1994 by Lex Press out of California. Cray, it's uh, good to be chatting to you tonight. Great talking to you, Paul. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's been fun because, personally, as you know, you and I have been good friends for 40 years and uh, a big fan of your writing and just your humanity. But I've been kind of tracking and you've been sharing with me as you've been working on American Twilight for, geez, I'm thinking two or three years, right? Two years. Yep. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about American Twilight. It's got, what, about 38 poems? Yeah, about 40 poems, um, uh, trying to capture kind of the spirit of America right now, um, playing on the duality of the title American Twilight, um, looking at the beauty of America in the twilight, and then wondering if this is America at its twilight due to the divisions we're having in the country right now. You know, when I, when you've been telling me about it and, uh, I knew you've had the title for, for at least two years. Uh, I was thought when I was going to open, I'd read some darker stuff, but there's actually a lot of beautiful stuff in here, a lot of family stuff, a lot of stuff on uh, nature. Of course, you're a huge uh, music guy, so a lot of good music stuff. So when you, uh, how did the book, wh- where did it actually start? Did, was there a, a point when you said, geez, I've got enough poems here? Or did you just start it and write poems over the last two years? Um, well, it started out, um, I got a new job in October of 2020. And part of my job was to travel around the country um, observing people, businesses, culture, and the different, different cities throughout America. And... Um, the poems that came from the travels are a series of reflections and flashbacks that uh, I got memories of family and visits to my family cabin up in northern Wisconsin to friends' cabins. And um, after about oh, a year, I was able to start focusing more on what I wanted and uh, edit down the uh, number of poems I had for the book. Why don't we uh, just jump into what would uh, what would you like to read first, Cray McCauley? I'll uh, read a poem called "Quiet of Remembrance," and um, this is for my sister. It's called "Quiet of Remembrance." Tomorrow, she said, maybe then I'll touch the stars. Yet the years keep on slipping through our fingers as doubt raises the challenges that she must face. She floats away on the waves from which she will glean this answer. Her thoughts racing free, imagination unleashed. 
pure as a clear mountain stream tumbling down through these meadows of blooming wildflowers. A single hawk circles above. She feels the wind stir the quiet of remembrance. Very nice. What did your uh, sister think when she heard it? Well, I haven't really talked to her about it yet, um, but I'm looking forward because she's coming out for our book release party on Saturday from Oregon, so it'll be fun to talk to her about it. Let's talk about the book. Where's that going to be, Craig? Uh, it's 3 o'clock at the Driftwood Char Bar on 44th and Nicollet in South Minneapolis. And what's the And game? we've got musical guest Aaron Seymour from the group Bleak and Grim, and um, Edie Baumgard and her band Edie Bray and the Blaze Kings. And what's the date? Uh, this Saturday, April 8th. Okay, so this uh, show is actually going to air after what we hope is a very... Uh, a very successful event. Where can, if people don't can't make it to the Driftwood, Cray, where can they purchase the book? Uh, they can bur- purchase the book at Amazon and Barnes and Noble's websites, and also by contacting me directly at Cray McCauley, C R A Y M C C A L L Y, all lowercase at gmail dot com. Cray McCauley. Uh, I met you uh, at one of my gigs with my band Cats and the Stars. We don't have to go into the particulars of that particular thing. <laughs> uh, but then you would come out to see uh, not only my band, but uh, you've been a huge music fan. Uh, but before we talk about some of your pieces uh, on music uh, in your great book, American Twilight, talk about some of your uh, poetic uh influences, poets you've liked, and writers? Well, for poets, um, my main guy is Walt Whitman, um, and then William Carlos Williams. Um, For more contemporary poets, uh, I really like Rita Dove's work. And, of course, uh, influenced by the Beats and Kerouac and Ginsburg and Gary Snyder in particular, and then um, for fiction, um, I really love Casey's writing. I sometimes a great notion is probably my favorite novel, and John Steinbeck. And then I like this newer writer from down south, Donnie Walton. And um, yeah, I just try to uh, embrace as much as I can. I've really gotten into the writing of music of Patti Smith over the last five years. Um, I started out reading Just Kids and then uh, M Train and Year of the Monkey. And I just really love how she uses detail and place to drive the narrative in her writing. You also... I mean, you've got a, a couple of degrees. How many books do you think you've read in your life? Oh, boy. 2,000? 3,000? Um, you know, uh, it's interesting. Um, I learned to read by the time I was probably two. Um, my mom would put out the paper on the floor, and I'd leave over the ottoman and learned... Uh, you know, by reading the sports pages and learn math by, uh, you know, learning baseball statistics from the box scores and the 
hitting averages and ERA averages for pitchers. Um, I've always kind of been a self-taught person, uh, even though I do have a master's degree. I'm always learning and curious about uh, learning more. Now, hasn't your mother, Marsha, written a book, too? Uh, my mom's written a few, yeah. My mom, uh, quite a story. My parents um, got divorced in the mid-'70s, and my mom was a tutor for kids with dyslexia. And she went back to college and got her master's degree at Santa Clara University in California. And then she was accepted into the Ph.D. program at Stanford and um, was uh, really active in the International Dyslexia Association. In fact, became the president for a couple of years in the 90s. So, yeah, she has written a number of books um, about uh, dyslexia and language acquisition. When, uh, you know, I've gotten to know uh, both Marsha and her, her second husband, Burke, and your dad, John, is a great guy. And uh, she, um, and we're going to get a little bit of your personal history that you're willing to share with us tonight about uh, your times in treatment. And uh, but I remember a couple of years ago I was able to get her, and we've joked about it over the years. A T-shirt that said "Mama tried," and she she not only has tried, but she's done a great job raising you three kids. Well, thank you. Uh-huh. Yeah, the Mama tried. Uh, you played up at our my mom's cabin up on Madeline Island, and um, you were doing the Merle Haggard song, and our buddy from California who we played hockey with growing up out there my brother Johnny and I Joey Driscoll his mom Darlene had just passed and you were playing mama tried and my mom came up to Joey and hugged him and goes me and Darlene we sure tried (laughs) (laughs) well you know what this is a good time to play because we're going to talk about you're a huge music fan and you know as much as anybody about the last 35 years and Minnesota music. Let's listen and send this one out to your lovely Mother Marcia. Let's listen to Merle Haggard do Mama Tried. The first thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride. On a freight train leaving town Not knowing where I'm bound And no one can change my mind But Mama tried One and only rebel child From a family meek and mild My mama seemed to know what lay in store Despite all my Sunday learning Towards the bad I kept on turning Till Mama couldn't hold me anymore I turned 21 in prison doing life without parole No one could steer me right but Mama tried Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better But her pleading I denied That leaves only me to blame cause Mama tried Dear old 
daddy, rest his soul, left my mom a heavy load. She tried so very hard to fill his shoes. Working hours without rest, wanted me to have the best. She tried to raise me right, but I refused. And I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better. But her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. Hi, everybody. This is Paul Metza, host of the Wall of Power Radio Hour, going on its eighth anniversary this year on AM 950. I want to tell you that I've got a great book out called Alphabet Jazz, Poetry, Prose, Stories, and Songs. It's writings I've done over the last 40 years. It's available on Amazon, or if you want to shop locally, go to the Electric Fetus, Crumpy's Bar Northeast, or High Fine Hair in Loring Park. I think you're going to enjoy it. Thanks so much. Welcome back to the second set of the Wall of Power Radio. My guest is poet and good guy, Cray McCauley on tonight. I was honored to write a blurb on the back of the book, American Twilight for Cray. This is what I said. Cray McCauley knows his way around both a library and a bar room. His love of friends, family, music, and America floats off the pages of this book. He is the kind of everyman this country needs more of. Not only uh, do I know you, Cray, as a music fan, but I've seen you work in a variety of uh, eating and, and drinking establishments. You're also one of my favorite bartenders. And uh, tell people out there uh, just kind of the variety of jobs and the places you've worked over the years, because I think a lot of people in the Twin Cities, especially Minneapolis, will know a lot of the, uh, uh, the venues. Well, let's see. Um, started out uh, barbacking and then bartending at the Orpheum and then State Theaters, where you know we did a great job at the Minnesota Music Awards in 89. I was and uh, uh, worked at uh, Up North Bar and Grill, which is now uh, the corner bar on the West Bank, and then Bullwinkles. And then I got to work for uh, Mike Andrews and Steve Goldberg at Dixie's Calhoun at the Calhoun Beach Club, which was like almost a band with all the musicians that worked there. Um, Mary Beth Mueller was the general manager at the time, and Lori Barbero was one of our bartenders, and... Uh, the late Katie O'Brien from Dutch Oven was a server there, and uh, that was a great job. I learned a lot from Joe Gentili, the uh, chef, and then from there I went and I cooked at the University of Minnesota for 10 years at the research kitchen at the medical school, and while I was doing that, um, I had a side hustle job as a part-time bartender at the Holiday Inn on the West Bank, and then um, when 
after Bullwinkle's closed the first time and it reopened, I was the manager there. And then after that closed, um, I was the kitchen manager at the CC Club. And I now work as the purchasing man- manager for French Meadow. Well, you must have uh, f- uh, found, not unlike myself, there's a lot of stories and inspiration to be found in saloons and bar rooms. Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, it's a slice of life every day, you know, and it's, uh, you know, a lot like the music business, a lot of hurry up and wait, uh, a lot of um, frustration and then great nights or great shifts. Um, and it's always it's something different every day, um, which is something I really enjoy. I've always enjoyed, Craig, when you and I, uh, you know, we, we chatted semi-regularly over the years. Talk about some of the, the uh, uh, cool people you've had the pleasure to serve uh, as a bartender. Um, yeah, so I uh, met Sylvain Sylvain from New York Dolls uh, when they did their reunion tour in 2008 or 2009. Um, uh bunch of the members of P-Funk. Um, Parliament stayed at our hotel at the Holiday Inn during a blizzard, and so uh, Gary Scheider, the Star Child, and uh, Boogie, and um, Alita Woods all came in for dinner, and um, Frank Black from the Pixies, uh, which that was a real interesting, really uh, interesting guy, and uh, Got to talk to him about playing in Minneapolis when he was in the Pixies and they were opening up for Love and Rockets. Uh, him and Kim Deal actually came and got a couple Heinekens from me when I was bartending there. Oh, fun. And, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, he was a very nice guy. His wife's band was actually playing at Cedar Cultural Center and he was the guitar player in it. So. You know, you had mentioned... Uh our good friend Mary Beth Mueller, who is the widow of the great Carl Mueller, bass player for Loud Fast Fools, that became Soul Asylum. She has a really nice blurb on the back of American Twilight. I'm going to read it now. It takes a specific sensitivity to write the way Cray can. His view of our world has been informed by a rare, fearless joy. It has been my honor to watch Cray live that life and call him friend for 30 years. I love that line, fearless joy. Yeah, I do too. Um, Mary Beth, I met one of the first people I met when I moved up to the cities in uh, 85, 86. And um, she worked um, downtown with a friend of mine from high school, Chris Keen, and then um, at Bagri's. And then she went over to uh, J.D. Hoyt's, where she worked with a bunch of friends of mine from Rochester. And uh, she took me under her wing, and she's always been, a, you know, a confidant, like an older sister um, that I didn't have here in Minneapolis. My real sisters lived out in California at the time, and uh, I've always looked up to her. She's got a great work ethic and drive, and uh, she really is loyal to the people who are important to her. And she's fearless as well. Oh, she is fearless. Uh, yes, she is. Certainly is. Her and Carl make quite a team together. We're the best. 
you know, I'll never forget Carl Mueller, who was a, a good buddy of mine. Uh, I, I watched the David Letterman show on a Friday night, and Sola Salam was on. The next day, I went to the Loon Cafe uh, for a couple of cocktails with our good friend, uh, bar manager at the Loon, Tim Mahoney, also an Olmsted County boy. And Carl was working the kitchen. And I go, if that's not a Midwestern work ethic, I don't know what is. Oh, I mean, you know, um, when I was working at Dixie's, Soul Asylum was at their biggest. And he'd be off tour, and if, like, people would call in sick or not show, you know, Mary Beth would call in, and Carl would come in and help out. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and he had the most driest, sharpest sense of humor um, of anyone I know. Um, the one year the uh, radiate New Orleans Radiators were playing a total evaporation CD release party uh, down along the Mississippi River in front of River Place in St. Anthony, Maine. And uh, the band starts playing and Carl and I are watching all the deadheads uh, dancing around and Carl taps me on uh, the shoulder and he goes, hey, Pigby, uh, those tie-dyes, can you get me one of those? And <laughs> 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 which I just totally laughed because I knew that was like the last thing Carl really wanted was a, a Grateful Dead tie-dye. But, he uh, yeah, he, humor. You know yeah, what? he did. You, every every. Day, you know, he'd come in to get Mary Beth after work. He'd be sitting up at the bar and having a grain belt premium, doing the New York Times crossword puzzle. And, yeah, just a very smart and kind, uh, gentle person. Um, I really miss Carl. Um, you know, I'm sure Mary Beth does as well. Uh, For sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he was a great, great man. Um, and met Carl. Loved him. I mean, he was just so accessible, and like you said, great sense of humor and brilliant. He knew what was going oh, on 160 degrees around him. Oh, to totally. You know, the the still waters run deepest. It really fit him. To, you know, that saying really fit him to a T. I think this would be a good time, Cray uh, Macaulay, author of American Twilight, just recently released. Uh, I'm going to uh, do the honors of reading your poem on page 32 called The Stone Arch Bridge because you and I have spent some time right down there by the Stone Arch Bridge uh, on the banks of the Great Mississippi. Stone Arch Bridge. From up above the Mississippi, ghost lines running downtown, tumble into history, river rolls, rolls rolling on and on and on, downstream, Looking behind you, the falls of St. Anthony, melting snows of winter, swelling rivers. A crisp April day, northern winds sweep hard down the prairie, now impervious to the change, as time stretches out like the first barges moving upstream, the valleys of tributaries swiftly flowing into the river basin. Patiently, night awaits, its vibrant colors Splayed out along the horizon, night begins to sing. There's some really delicious writing in here, Craig. Uh, I know how hard you worked on the book. It's got to feel really good to finally get this bad boy out. 
Oh, it certainly does. Um, it's uh, plus, I you know learned a lot in the process about what goes into actually publishing a book, and uh, that is a long, arduous process that um, you really aren't aware of until you do it. Um, you know, um, everything's like computer files, and you have some glitches and. Uh, things get delayed, and yeah, that can be a frustrating process, but it's ultimately very rewarding. And yes, I do feel really good about the finished product. And I think we uh, uh, we have to give a shout out to the man that helped you put it together. Came out with a great artwork on both the cover and the back, Mister Pete Sandvik. Oh yeah, Pete was great. Very easy to work with. What a talented guy he is, both as a musician and as a graphic artist. And um, uh, yeah, cool, cool Northeast Minneapolis cat, and uh, who I've been honored to have sit in back when I was doing Thursday nights at shows on his accordion. <laughs> he, the accordion a, master, accordion to Pete. He's one of the. Uh, He's one of the few guys that can make the accordion sexy. See, we are going to get into uh, a lot more music in the third set on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. But as long as we were talking a little Mississippi, I think it's time to hear, uh, man, you wrote a nice piece about in American Twilight. This is Johnny Cash doing Big River. clouds out of cover of a clear blue sky and the tears that cried for that woman are gonna flood you big river and I'm gonna sit right here until I die I met her accidentally in St. Paul Minnesota and it tore me up every time I heard her drawl southern drawl then I heard my dream went back downstream cavorting and Davenport and I followed you big river when it comes Then you took me to St. Louis Later on down the river A freighter said she's been here But she's gone, boy, she's gone I found her trail in Memphis but she just walked up the bluff She raised a few eyebrows And went on down along Now won't you bat it down by Baton Rouge River Queen, roll it on Take that woman on down to New Orleans New Orleans Go on, I've had enough Not my blues down in the gulf She loves you, Big River, more than me
Hi, everybody. This is Paul Metza, host of the Wall of Power Radio Hour, going on its eighth anniversary this year on AM 950. I want to tell you that I've got a great book out called Alphabet Jazz, Poetry, Prose, Stories, and Songs. It's writings I've done over the last 40 years. It's available on Amazon, or if you want to shop locally, go to the Electric Fetus, Grumpy's Bar Northeast, or High Flying Hair in Loring Park. I think you're going to enjoy it. Thanks so much. Welcome back to the third set of the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzen. My guest on for the whole show tonight, Mr. Cray McCauley, who just had a very successful book release for his book of poetry and essays called American Twilight at the Driftwood Bar. Cray, let's talk a little bit about your musical influences, your musical loves. What I've always enjoyed about you, you straddled the line between punk rock and the Grateful Dead, not a lot of people do that. Yeah, um, I grew up, you know, in the 70s, uh, listening to AM and FM radio, and there was just such a wide variety of music that you could grasp and like. And, you know, you had the great songwriters of that, those, of that era, you had the great soul bands, the funk bands, um, I was a heavy metal kid, Kiss, Queen, UFO, Thin Lizzy, um, and started getting into punk in my junior and senior year of high school, uh, Clash, Ramones, um, Elvis Costello. And then when I moved to Minneapolis in 84 and 85, um, you know, Husker Du and Soul Asylum and Replacements, the big three at that time, um, along with the suburbs, um, and I loved all of those bands, but I really gravitated to the energy of Soul Asylum and the power of Husker Du. Now, then how does the Grateful Dead fit into the, your musical uh, menu of things? Oh, I just, well, you know, I was living in the Bay Area, and I worked at a summer camp as a assistant sports director and um a couple of the counselors there were big time deadheads tour heads from the berkeley and uh started listening to the dead with them and then there was in that early 80s kind of resurgence into the uh, doors and the dead and um i really just found a the you know dead community um the ethos, ethics behind it, the uh, kindness and uh, helping each other out. And then uh, I could see in the Minneapolis scene a lot of parallels to that in the uh, punk and alternative scenes. Um, Here in Minneapolis, you know, it was competitive, but it was also very cooperative. Um, You know, bands would go see other bands. um, And living out in California, the different scenes were really segregated, you know, um, there wasn't a lot of crossover, but in Minneapolis, it was really easy to cross over, you could go see, you know, a punk band one night, a metal band one night, go see one of the funk bands, um, the reggae, you know, ipso facto and the maroons, um, and I just really loved going to see the whole variety of it. 
Yeah, it was really, especially in the 1980s, because Husker Du and the replacements, Soul Sign were busting out of Minneapolis. Prince, of course. Um, it was just a delightful time. You know, uh, you had mentioned Laurie Barbero, the drummer for Babes in Toyland, who you, wor- you worked with in, in different uh, uh, saloons and restaurants. And Laurie and Bob Mould from Husker Du, they were really, that, that punk scene was really tight. And if you wanted a place to play in Minneapolis or a place to stay, you could call either Bob or Laurie, and they'd set you up. Yeah, Laurie's, uh, you know, she really is the musical ambassador from the Minneapolis scene to the world. Um, such a great person and just such an enthusiastic music lover. Um, really have a lot of respect for Laurie. Now, we'll, we'll talk a little uh, personal stuff here between you and I. You rented uh, the second floor of my duplex in Northeast for a couple years back in the day, and I remember those Saturday mornings. Uh, I used to play <laughs> for it. I try to get up by you know by noon, uh, but a lot of times I was woken up by you uh, simultaneously watching NASCAR and singing along with Freddie Mercury. Yep, I, that that was uh, what my routine. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah, I got a weird range of interests: uh, women's college hockey, uh, NASCAR, music. Um, you know, uh, just really uh, enjoying a lot of the different aspects of American popular culture. To flip back to uh, you know, I know you're a big sports guy. What do you think the Twins are going to do this year? Do they got a chance? Yeah, they're looking good. I mean, if the, their pitching can stay healthy, I think they can go pretty far this season, you know. Um, you know, White Sox will be good. Indians, or whatever they're called now, <laughs> are going to be good. So that's, a, you know, it's a tough division this year. So, But I think, yeah, they'll, they'll do well. And I love going to see them play at the uh, Target Field. What a great... What a great ballpark in, right in the urban center of Minneapolis. And you're also a big University of Minnesota Gophers fan, which I know your dad, John, is as well. Yep. My dad and I split Gophers football, women's basketball, and women's hockey season tickets. And I fell in love very young. I remember four or five years old, um, my grandpa and my dad driving me up to um, – the old Memorial Brickhouse Stadium to watch the Gophers play. Um, in fact, they still have a piece of tartan turf, which was the first, like, AstroTurf 3M made it, and the Gophers Stadium was, like, the first one in the country to have it. Wow. Don't smoke it. <laughs> Fred, which is, uh, I'm kind of being lighthearted here, but you're pretty, you've got a great piece in here. And uh, I'd like to, uh, to t- you to talk about, it's called Outpatient Maintenance Blues. And uh, you've been in treatment a time or two. Tell us about uh, that and cleaning up. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, growing up in the Midwest, you know, it's a party culture. Um, drinking is a normal, you know, not every day, uh, every weekend thing. And... I just, you know, progressed from drinking and 
smoking weed and then, you know, moved into speed and then coke. And, uh, you know, finally, uh, I got my addiction got bad enough and I slipped into using heroin and then, um, got clean from that in 2004 and then had a relapse in 2009 and, um, went onto the outpatient treatment and the methadone maintenance program and, um, finally got clean in 2014 and, uh, that poem is uh, really a reflection on both how easy it is to get into that lowest position of addiction, into hitting rock bottom, but also trying to offer a little hope and light at the end of the tunnel and show people that they uh, can um, get through, work through it. And uh, it was, uh, uh, it's been a struggle. Um, you know, um, and, uh, I don't, you know, struggle with it every day anymore, but I definitely do. Um, you know, there are times where my triggers get pushed and, um, I think about it, but not for long anymore. Um, you know, I, uh, Wayne Kramer from the MC five, I read an interview with him a while ago and he talked about how, you know, if you're lucky enough, you age out of addiction. If you're smart enough to get out of it too. Um, but yeah, I, uh, the last time I hit, it was actively using, um, it, you know, multiplied fast and the, uh, problems that it was causing in my life. And I just had to, I, you know, just realized I couldn't do it anymore. And, uh, with help support from a really good, uh, men's AA group and, um, my counselors at uh, outpatient treatment, you know, I was really finally able to get at peace with myself and uh, work myself through that problem. Well, congratulations, man. You're, uh, uh, you know, not only yeah. a cool cat, you've been a great friend of mine and supporter. I'm going to read another short little poem, Craig McCauley, from your book, American Twilight. It's called Roadmaps. It goes like this. Mapping out our lives circuitous, torn out at the corners where the wild living was done, hot sauce stains on the memories of ghosts and apparitions left hanging on the steel breeze. What a trip, long and strange indeed. I felt like we were falling, but we had already fallen apart. Still, what matters remains. These mornings, lost to reflection and the innocence of our younger selves. Great piece there, Craig. Tell us about, I'm so uh, so proud of you as a buddy to get a book out, and I know how much work these darn things take. Uh, tell us about, in these few minutes left, tell us about some of the greatest musical shows you've ever seen. Well, the best show, um, you know, let, well, we start with The Dead, and that's kind of a separate category, because that's a whole di- different ball game and uh the best dead show i ever saw was my second dead show was st paul civic center 1981 and boy they were just on fire and it was very psychedelic and trippy and um i saw the dead play some great shows after that but uh, 
boy, they nothing like that. They, they was they were just amazing that night. Um, other bands um, seeing uh, uh, John Fogarty at the State Theater when he had first won his lawsuit against Sal Zant and was able to play CCR songs again. Wow. My brother was working at KDWB at the time and was able to get us front row tickets and we were just going nuts and John Fogarty just loved the two of us together. He came over like five times and slapped high fives with us. Oh, nice. uh, that was cer- yeah, that was certainly a thrill. Um, uh, kind of an odd one was uh, at First Avenue on Memorial Day of 1988, I think. Uh, Jesse Johnson from the Times solo album release party. And, uh, oh, man, his band just blew it up. And that was great. Um, West Bank Jam in 1995, which was Soul Asylum, Run Westy, and Grand Heart Nova Mob in a big party tent in the parking lot by the uh, 400 bar. And I remember Kirk Johnson, the singer from Westies, like climbing up one of the tent poles and like, like being like a Cirque du Soleil guy. Um, boy, I love the Westies. That, that, that band, um, and like you, another one of the Minneapolis bands that has earned their own place in, uh, the pantheon of great Minneapolis artists. And I wish that they had been able to break through to a bigger, uh, scene. Um, like you, they've had their own tr- travails with the music industry. Um, another great one was um, seeing Prince um, debut the new power generation at Bunkers before they played their first shows at Rock and Rio in 91. Uh, that was cool because it was like Mambo's was out there and then, you know, um, they started alternating guys and then pretty soon you realize oh wow and then you know all of a sudden here comes Prince and it was amazing because I'll never forget this moment during Prince's set he's so aware of everything and they're in the middle of a jam and the bass player was like getting off of the rhythm by a little bit and Prince just glared over at him and it was like whoa the intensity in that stare um I would not have wanted to be that guy. <laughs> Craig McCauley, this has been wonderful. Good luck. I I, uh, I know you you had a great uh, show earlier today, American Twilight by Craig McCauley on Amazon, Barnes & Noble Bookstore. We're going to go out with one of our favorite bands featuring the great Carl Miller. Here's Soul Asylum with Grave Dancers Union. Craig, look forward to seeing you soon. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. The show is produced by Paul Metzler, engineered by Brett Johnson. We'd like to thank our guest, Craig McCauley, chatting about his new book, American Twilight. My book, Alphabet Jazz, is available on Amazon. There are also copies at the Electric Fetus in Grumpy's Northeast. And remember, like my dad used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy. Power brokers, the wall of power will fall.